there are big changes in how you fill prescription meds. I need to tell you the trends so you can make smart decisions with your wallet. And I want to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. You know, the pharmacy business is shifting, and market share is very heavily moving to a small number of players. Uh, CVS and Walgreens are taking huge volume in prescriptions. A lot of people work at places where you are either encouraged or pretty much forced to go to one of these mail order pharmacies. And uh, others are free agents. You may be going to an independent pharmacist. You may be going to one of the supermarkets that have a pharmacy. You may be going to the warehouse clubs. But the market share has been so heavily moving towards these mail orders if you have any kind of benefit at work that requires it or again people filling at the shared monopoly of the pharmacy chains CVS and Walgreens so if you don't have the ability through a place of work or some kind of pharmacy benefit to fill prescriptions affordably You've got to know that just going with the flow could cost you big time. You need to look at what the options you may have are for filling prescriptions. And there are proactive things you can do. Uh, Through the years, I've talked about using now the websites of big players like Walmart and see what cheap prescriptions are available to you. Take that list with you when you go to see a doctor and try proactively to have the doctor fill a prescription from the things that you know you can afford on that list. Know that the cheapest overall place to fill prescriptions is Costco because of their pricing method that's unique in the business. And know that GoodRx and its smaller competitors, because GoodRx is the biggest in them, in this business give you transparency and potential meaningful discounts where you put in the drug you're looking for and the you need the dosage and all that you put that in and it will pop up for you in about a second and a half the prices on that available from major and minor players in your area in your zip code And the savings can be great. If you don't have a prescription plan and there's a medicine you need to take that's rather pricey, something that people don't use enough are special plans available from the pharmaceutical manufacturers themselves that will get you a potentially lower price. The other thing for people who have uh, pharmacy benefits managers, the mail order things, a lot of the PBMs will not approve you for a drug that the PBM thinks is expensive or your prescription benefit you might have through work will disapprove it. One of the weird things with filling prescriptions is that if you have a, a prescription benefit, 
and that benefit turns you down for coverage of a drug, many of the drug manufacturers will then turn around as someone who's insured for prescriptions and they will allow you with a coupon to fill that drug free for a year or for $50 a month or something like that. It can be an enormous help if you feel boxed in by a prescription your doctor feels you need to take and a cost you can't afford. The more questions you ask, the more you look around, the more money you'll save. Adam's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Clark? Great. Thank you. So I'm in the Atlanta market, and my mom told me years ago that there was a denim establishment that you had visited that had a special service where they would analyze your body shape and select uh, from their premium jeans a brand that would fit your body and uh, make you look really good in them. And I was hoping to treat my wife to a special present this year by taking her there. Well, that was uh, a story I did when I was at HLN and CNN. And I'm trying to remember where in the country we did that story. But as best I know, the early pioneers in that business where they custom made clothing for you have Mm -hmm. not succeeded. They're not around. If there's any that are functioning right now, I haven't been able to find that because You're not the first person who's asked me that question about having personally custom-made clothes. I know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of testing going on in that area, and one company in particular is extremely interested in making that work online, and that's Amazon. And Amazon bought a company called Body Labs, because Amazon's become a huge seller of clothing, Mm-hmm. And the problem they have are things don't fit, people return them. It's a it's a problem with online shopping for clothes is even if something looks good, if it doesn't fit you when it gets to you, it leads to the very high rate of returns. And so I think this is absolutely coming, but mm-hmm. I don't think for this year. You're not going to be able to surprise her this year. Okay. But uh, think about... When we can get affordable stuff in the sneaker market, there's already custom uh, sneakers, and Nike has been kind of at the forefront of that. I think Adidas may be getting into that as well, but they're very expensive products, and what's known as mass customization, when you have things that are made specifically for you, for your body, that's something that is definitely going to happen i just don't know it's like fully autonomous vehicles what year is that going to take over the market i can't tell you but being able to custom fit clothing is one of those things that is gonna happen janice joins us on the clark howard show hi janice hi clark janice you're gonna redo your kitchen i am well good yeah um, my question is really about where to keep short-term money that I want to use in about a year, between the next one and three years. Um, if I buy a CD, then I'm locked into a lower rate and I have to pay a penalty to move to a higher-paying CD. So if you go into a simple savings or a money market, 
really? Yeah, if you go online and the easiest searchable database that I know of is bankrate.com. Mm-hmm. You can go there and you can click on savings rates and they'll show you these online banks that are offering the highest rates in the country. And that's what I do. Floating rate right now is what works. You know, when interest rates are falling, that's when you want to lock in a CD. When interest rates are rising, that's when you want to go in a straight savings account or money market. Okay, that's a good point. And you just link it to your account with whatever, with the credit union you're with, and you're able to move the money back and forth as you need. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that would be the best answer. I understand. Thank you. And I hope that the remodel goes really well, Janice. Todd is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Todd. How you doing? I'm great. Hi, Clark. I really appreciate you talking to me today. I thank you. Oh, sure. Hey, as a result of listening to you for years and years and years and using your website and your blog, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s. I'm retired. I've got a good pension. I've got good health no debt, and I'm ready to start traveling a little more. But I, want to, I, I don't want to travel like Bill Gates. I want to travel like Clark Howard travels. So uh, so you mean my size private jet versus Bill Gates? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. I actually, I call, you know, when people ask me if I have my own plane, I say, yeah, it's called Southwest. Absolutely. It goes everywhere I need. <laughs> well, the the problem I'm having, well, uh, one of the good things I have is I'm very flexible. Times and dates and locations don't matter. The problem I run into is when I go to these travel sites, they always want me to put in a destination airport. And I want to know from my uh, departure airport, I want to know the deals that I can go to. I don't care. It can be San Francisco, San Diego, San Anywhere Antonio, that's San a deal. Juan. Yeah. All right, let me help you with that. So uh, you've probably heard of Kayak, right? Yes, sir. Kayak has a tool that's great. When the deal is you want to travel, you don't care necessarily where it is, you want to go wherever the deal is. Correct. Kayak has a tool called Kayak Explore. And with Kayak Explore, you can take your home city or even also others nearby and you can go to it and put in a time of year or just let it tell you whatever wherever and it will tell you the best deal available to places all over the united states or all over the world wow like what's your closest major airport where you live our departure is almost always Lambert in St. Louis. Okay. So St. Louis is a very interesting case because St. Louis used to be a hub airport, and now it's not because of, uh, you know, first TWA went away, and then American didn't see the need for the hub, and so it put St. Louis into a more expensive situation in terms of air travel. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, but now it's led to lower prices. So if you go to Kayak Explorer, you can see all over the country, say, well, I never really thought about going there, but gosh, like you can just say, well, I'd love to go there. Let me go there. Oh, look at this deal to Asia right now, that kind of stuff. And so Kayak Explorer 
is a great tool for you. Now, the other one I would look at, do you have any interest in international travel or only domestic? Oh, no. International is, is just as cool. All right. Then you got to know about a subscription service called Scott's Cheap Flights. Scott Cheap Flights. Scott's, S-C-O-T-T-S, cheapflights.com. Okay. And this is a guy named Scott Kyes who searches for deals that randomly pop up all over the world, and you'll see amazing fare offers that are really, really extraordinary. You'll find that for you, a lot of the best deals, unfortunately, are going to be from Chicago, which is a haul for you from St. Louis, but international... I am I am right in the in the middle of Chicago and St. Louis, right smack dab in the middle of Illinois. Well, then use Kayak Explorer for um, out of both Chicago and St. Louis, but you'll find the Scotts deals are overwhelmingly going to be from Chicago. That'll okay. get you to places around the world at fairs you can't even imagine would be that cheap. So it's going to be a great opportunity for you to see almost everywhere you could think of over time and never spend a lot of money doing it. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matt. Hi, Clark. It's an honor to talk to you. I've never been on live radio before. Well, it's great to have you here. And you have a question for me that if you knew the arguments that go on in our house over what you're about to ask me, oh boy, hit me with it. Yeah, I can imagine. So right now I live on my own in Minnesota, and in the winter it gets pretty cold. And I was wondering when I'm at work for 8, 10 hours a day, what temperature should I have my thermostat at when I'm gone and there's no one there heating the house so that I'm saving as much energy as I can? Okay, so wow, you didn't ask me what I keep my thermostat set at, which people (laughs) ask me a lot. So what temperature are you comfortable in when you're home? In the winter. I'm okay at about 64, 65. Wait, when you're home? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I found somebody who's worse than I am. <laughs> well, that's what long sleeves and blankets are for. Well, see, that's my kind of attitude. My family <laughs> says they all are miserable during winter because they say that I keep the house like it's a refrigerator to save money. Yeah. And that's after we've done extreme insulation in the house and all kinds of other things to reduce energy consumption. So mm-hmm. if you, um, you're shocking me that you like the house at 64, so you would be okay. And if you get a Nest thermostat, something like that, they're really cheap now. Mm-hmm. To get I've one got of, a smart thermostat from a different company. Okay, but so you've got it, one. I would say generally if you keep it, at 55 degrees when you're not there and a half hour before you typically come home that you have the smart thermostat set to go up to 64 or 65. You don't want to let it go below that. You have danger with potentially pipes breaking. It also makes it much harder for the house to heat back up. But Mm -hmm. if you have roughly 8 to 10 degree lower temperature when you're not home than you like to have when you're home, that would be where you'd want to be. That's great. Thank you, because I've been keeping it at 58, and I felt like it still is too warm when I'm gone. Yes, I agree. So if you were, if you like 64, you could go maybe to 54, uh, but 55 
is a pretty good number. Okay. And I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how many people are listening to you and me right now, Matt, who think both of us are ridiculous. Well, it makes it fun for me when I get cold and just think I'm saving money, so... That's why I've got extra flannels. <laughs> well, good for you. It's funny. I, I was uh, the other day, I was in a store that was selling, it was Aldi, and they were selling these men's wintertime long pajama pants that were like, um, what's that material like, flannel? And it seems like they'll keep me warm when the temperature's like 44 in the house. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. So one of the most clicked on things we have at Clark.com is our continually updated cell phone plan guide, because a lot of people want to pay as little as they can and get hopefully as reliable service as they can for their cell phones. But now, this is weird, but there's a cell phone plan you can do that you get unlimited talk and text for free. How do they do that? With ads. So I got such a kick out of this thing from textnow.com. Textnow has been around for a good while that what an attention getter that they give you the unlimited stuff in return for you dealing with ads because it reminds me so much of a generation ago when long distance was really expensive and I used to use a service called freeway long distance that I had to listen to a 15 second ad for every two minutes of long distance I'd get. So I'd listen, if I knew I was going to make a longer call, I'd listen to ad after ad after ad and then uh, place the call. And so I was willing to do that to pay nothing. And it was great. And then eventually long distance became free and there was no reason for them to exist anymore. But I don't even know how many thousands of dollars I saved over the year years listening to those ads. Well, now text now. That was redundant. Now, TextNow. TextNow.com is doing the same thing for just simple calling and texting where you will pay nothing. They give you a free number. You sign up for free. You have the calling and texting for free. I think you pay like $10 to get your SIM card originally, something like that. But, But you have it to use completely free. Yeah, for 10 bucks. And I mean, there are people who don't care about all the data stuff. You could use all the data on a phone wherever you have Wi-Fi. But when you're out and about, all you'd be able to do for free is talk and text. So that's one idea. And then uh, Ting, which just keeps holding on, T-I-N-G, that allows you to go over multiple networks. I think they offer most of them who do they not offer they got verizon they've got sprint um maybe it's just verizon and sprint but anyway they offer something where you get really 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 cheap service where you buy blocks 
of the minutes you think you're going to need, blocks of the number of texts you think you're going to need. And then if you want data, you can buy that. But if you're into buying a lot of data, it's not a deal anymore. But you can end up with a bill that is typically under $10 a month, and that's pretty good if all you need to do is yap away on the phone. But I sure like the ad idea. (laughs) I think the text now paying nothing for as long as it lasts your only risk is the 10 bucks up front love that john joins us on the clark howard show hello john how you doing good mr howard or should i call you clark please call me clark okay clark how are you today wonderful thank you hope you are i'm doing wonderful thank you for taking my call sure so i have a quick question probably not a Simple answer, but quick question. I know that when you have a bank account, you have FDIC insurance and credit unions have their own insurance. But in the low-cost investor firms, every time I call and ask, I get the, well, we're not going to go bankrupt. (laughs) That's no answer, is it? No, it's not. So what kind of protection is there out there? Okay, so... It depends on what you're actually doing. Like if you own a a series of funds, like you own mutual funds or index funds, the value of what you have is controlled by the holdings inside that fund. So the value when you invest goes up and down. The fund itself is not at risk unless the investments in it go to zero. So let's say you buy an index fund from one of the big discounters, from Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, someone like that, who, you know, those three are taking so much market share, or you end up owning an ETF from, you know, one of the BlackRock ETFs. Those are the, the big discounters in the market. The money that is in a fund is secure in that fund. There's never been a situation where uh, money has been stolen and it's just, ah, well, and the money's gone. And money in a uh, brokerage does not have, as you mentioned, FDIC insurance or anything like that. The holdings are protected by what's called SIPC. Did anybody mention SIPC to you? I've seen that at the bottom of the page when you're looking at the site. And SIPC is a vastly inferior protection for you than what you have at a credit union through NCUA or at a bank through FDIC. So SIPC is a privatized version of protection, and the most contentious cases have involved where a brokerage has been crooked and SIPC has not been there to protect people. In the event of a brokerage going insolvent, the SIPC takes care of people. But if it's involved fraud or something like that, they don't. But your money, how is it held? Is it in mutual funds or index funds? Most of it it is in mutual funds and indexes in an IRA. Um, A little bit of it is in money market. Now, would money market be different than the funds? Yes. So money market works a little differently, and 
last decade during the uh, banking scandals, there were, I think, two money market funds that couldn't pay out people's accounts. And they went at least temporarily insolvent. And it was a, a terrible problem, very upsetting to people. In a money market situation, the brokerage houses offer generally two options. You can either have the money in a pitifully earning FDIC-insured account, or you can have it in a money market account where the interest changes each day. And I have my money in money market. I'm not particularly worried because even last decade when we had this, this series of banking scandals, there was no significant or meaningful loss for anybody from any of the money markets. Even the ones that temporarily went insolvent ultimately paid people the money they owed them almost 100%. Wonderful. Thank you very much for answering the question. The big risk always is with a smaller brokerage that may be crooked, and that's when your money is at greatest risk, if that gives you any comfort. That does. Thank you very much. All right. Best to you. Best to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mark. Hey, how are you doing, Clark? Great. Thank you, Mark. How can I be of service? I have kind of an interesting question for you. I think, at least from my perspective, it's interesting. With legalization of marijuana in Canada, there have seemingly been endless opportunities to invest in that industry. And from what I've seen on a variety of different online platforms, there was a huge excitement before this happened. And as the official legalization day came and went, significant decrease in the value of the stocks of, of their uh, organizations up there. Exactly. Kind of your stocks. So is that something that you would kind of let play out for a while to see how it goes? Or is it a situation where potentially you can get in now at a low price point per share and reap rewards five, ten years down the road? Yeah, that's a great question. So my belief is that as marijuana becomes legal, as it's become legal across Canada, as it becomes legal in more and more of the United States, and ultimately at some point will be an investable asset in the United States. The risk is too high right now in that there's speculative investments. You know, there's going to be a shakeout period, and anybody who ends up making a lot of money early in investing in Canadian marijuana stocks is going to be someone who was lucky. And so if the goal is, if you're, if you're somebody who's a gambling kind of personality, you could take money and spread it around a, a number of the Canadian marijuana stocks. But my druthers would be to wait a while, let the market shake out, and there will be uh, more losers than winners as the market legalizes. And I would give it some time. And, but that's really, that's my personality. As an investor, I'm an incrementalist. You know what I mean by that, Mark? I'm, I'm never trying to, you know, throw the long ball. I'm trying to complete the pass for the first down. Yeah, exactly. Not looking for the big home run. Right. Stuff, so. As far as, as making a decision, it's got to suit your personality. 
And yeah. I, you know, I read all the financial press, it seems, it's out there every day. And there's various columns about, well, these are the marijuana stocks you should be following, or these are the ones you should be investing in. But those are, at best, educated guesses. Because in a newly legalized industry, you can't figure out who the real winners are going to be early. Yep. And that's kind of what my thoughts were, too. I appreciate the perspective. Because, I, you know, if I'm looking at specific companies and prior to the legalization, there are, there was one particular company that had its stock valued in the $300 per share range, and now it's trading for about 90 um, And that's even, from what I'm reading, that's even extremely overvalued. Uh, and that is the risk, because... These uh, marijuana stocks are what are known as story stocks, that the whole narrative about how this is going to unleash a huge wave of capitalism as an industry becomes legal, the reality is that marijuana has been operating in a twilight zone for a long time. It has already been an industry meeting the demand in the marketplace, and there's actually additional expenses involved as marijuana becomes legal with taxation and regulation that may make it less profitable as a legal activity than it was in the twilight zone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Casey is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Casey. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Casey. How can I serve you? Well, I'm within $300 of paying off my current loan on a vehicle. Congratulations. Thank you. It was a five-year loan, and I'm paying it off in four years. I would have paid it off in three, except that I had, you know, tremendous amount of repair expenses. So now I'm looking at a new used car. At that point, I'll have two lines of credit open. And when I looked at my credit report, it said I had 18% used, which I think... It's good to be under 25. Good to be under 30. Good to be under 30. Okay. And then it indicated that when it was explaining how they get to the overall picture of of your credit score, said that the number of credit lines open affects your number. And it seemed to indicate that having three lines of credit was better than two. So once I pay off my car, I'll go down to two. Is that going to affect my score and make it go lower all right my so let me, let me understand something from you casey do you have no credit cards i have two credit cards okay so you have the two credit cards you have the auto loan and is there any other credit you have in your life other than 
those three items? No. And the credit cards, if you're at 18% utilization, you're using very little of the available credit on those two. Yes. I don't think you need to worry too much because the things that matter on what makes up your credit score overwhelmingly, two things are what really set the pattern. One is that you pay every bill you have every month on time. And my credit report indicated that I do. Fantastic. And then the second is what percent of your available credit you're using. And you're doing great with that at 18%. So the other factors each are so small in and of themselves that I don't think you need to particularly worry. If you want to try to give your score a little bit of a booster, if you were to get down from 18% utilization to under 10, that would give a little bit of a booster to your score. But you're probably already somewhere, you in the upper 700s for your score? I'm currently at 805. 805. You you have nothing you need to fret about or worry about. So I got a different question for you. Okay. The car has caused you a little bit of aggravation with having to do repairs. But the car is only going to be five years old when you, four years old when you pay it off, right? No, it was a used car. And so it's from 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's fine. Pay it off, dump it. And when you look at used cars, I don't know how old a used car you want to look at, but there's a real sweet spot in the market for vehicles that are three to four years old. Three to four, okay. And I wouldn't worry as much about the calendar, and I would worry more about getting a reliable used car. And yeah, because last year I spent 3000 on repair. Right, I understood. If I didn't have that expense, the car would have been paid off last year. Well, that's why I'd love for you to either go to the library or buy access to Consumer Reports on the most reliable used cars to buy. And I think that's a good place to start so that you have a list of what are the ones that, that have proven to be very reliable and stick with those as you search, and you can find one at a price point you're comfortable with, and get a vehicle that you improve the odds it'll treat you well on the road. And I have an updated guide on Clark.com to how to buy a used vehicle and the steps I want you to go through step by step. Please take a chance to look at that in addition to looking at Consumer Reports. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.